this, 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 this show is brought to you by Safety FM. Welcome to Unapologetically Bold, I'm Not Sorry For. If you are a person that is tired of apologizing for being you, you know, the human part of you that sometimes feels like it has to be different at home versus work versus play, the human side that just wants to be hot, humble, open, and transparent about your wants, desires, and uniqueness. If you answered yes, this is for you. Join me, Emily Elrod, as I dive into conversations with amazing guests about what they are not sorry for in creative and loving ways. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another Unapologetically Bold I'm Not Sorry For. And I'm so blessed to have my new friend with me today, Robert. Thank you so much for joining me. Oh, my pleasure and honor to be here. Thanks, Emily, for the invite. This is going to be a fun conversation. So before we dive into it, Robert, if you'll just take a few moments and just to tell people about who is Robert, who are you? Yeah, thanks again. Um, well, I'm a 20-year Army veteran, uh, graduated from West Point in 1986, and uh, thought I would stay for five years and ended up staying 20. Uh, my career is a little bit about where's Waldo. I haven't done anything brave, but uh, had the honor of uh, being associated with some of the bravest men and women in the world. Uh, Desert Shield, Desert Storm, uh, part of the small special operation task force in Somalia. Um, Tours in uh, Bosnia and then subsequently Kosovo in the late 90s while I was living and deployed in the, in the European theater. Uh, and then uh, back to Iraq again in 2003, 2004 in command of an air cavalry squadron. Uh, we were the first unit to occupy the air base Al Assad back in the spring of 2003. And then I uh, finished my career in 2006 at the Pentagon. And the uh, opportunity to, to spend uh, 14 years then at Dell Technologies. Uh, leading sort of customer solution centers, uh, leading really, really just incredibly intelligent men and women who explain technology, how it can be applied and, and how, it, how it transitions into business and, and making things happen in education and everything else. And then for the last year, I've been the chief operating officer at uh, Above Vacation Residences, which is a luxury home rental business. These are occupied homes that we rent out. People will leave or gone for the summer. Uh, and so it's, a, as you can imagine, burgeoning business uh, with as sort of the uberization of the a vacation. Uh, I have four grown children uh, scattered across uh, the country, uh, one in Denver, one in Houston, one in Texarkana, one uh, still in school here in Austin at the University of Texas. Uh, that's me. Thanks. No, I love it. I love it. And I, if, if y'all can't get this listeners from this, that he is a very in-depth, I love that he says that he's like, where will where's Waldo, but um, I've argued with him on this one that I don't believe that anybody has luck, that their characteristics and their calling always matches up and it can be beautiful in, in the end result. And I just, I, I admire you and I want to also acknowledge you and say thank you for your service as well um, because it takes courage no matter what. So, but before um, we dive in any deeper, the show is called Unapologetically Bold. Um, and I told you, whenever I heard your title, uh, which you'll say in a second, I was like, huh, this is an interesting one, but with military, <laughs> this was definitely important. So the show is called Unapologetically Bold. What are you no longer apologizing for? Sure. I'm not, uh, I don't apologize for expecting uh, my team uh, to be on time, uh, whether that's in the military uh, or in the business world. 
uh, and really it's sort of a sort of a backhanded apology because I means that I expect myself uh, to be on time as well because everything is all sort of integrated. And so in, in, in that context and setting, if we could just do things when we say we're going to do, uh, do them or be where we say we're going to be, imagine how much more efficient and dependable things would be uh, if, we, if, we just, if we just executed on time. And I think that's so important with it um, because I'm thinking, especially military, obviously you got to be, um, there are rules and regs there that you can literally get in trouble. But whenever you go, and, and I love actually to talk about that because that's the one thing that I, I love talking with military people from their transition to the business world too, because like you got to be where you got to say, or you said that you got to be and where you're kind of told to be at times compared to the business. It's like, what? This doesn't, this doesn't match up. So talk to us a minute about that. Was there a first time that you experienced this in your business and you're like, oh, I promise I will keep the integrity or whatever with it? Yeah, so I don't know that it was a light switch for me. Uh, obviously, we learn these things in the military, uh, particularly when you're coordinating, whether it's just a regular training exercise or, or combat operations. You don't want to you don't want to be where you're not supposed to be uh, when you're not supposed to be there when the artillery is falling. Right. <laughs> you want to be in the right place at the right time. And uh, equally important, uh, you want to be uh, where you're supposed to be when teams are counting on you, right? When, when you say that you can be ready and that you can have an aircraft on station uh, in X number of minutes or that I will be there to with supporting fire, these are life and death uh, sort of scenarios. When you get to the business world and you look at my time at, uh, when I was at Dell Technologies in terms of a, of a first time, you just sort of, uh, it's, it's a fabulous company, by the way. It's a tremendous company, a great opportunity there. Enjoyed my time tremendously. In terms of watching what goes on and everybody's on their computer getting ready for meetings or texting or coming off of other meetings, we don't live in a Microsoft world where you can teleport yourself. On Zoom, you can. I can hang up. I can reconnect immediately. But if I'm physically going somewhere, I've got to leave one meeting maybe before the hour uh, to get there for the top of the hour for the next meeting. And in terms of efficiency, and I would say to, the, to my team and to larger groups, I got the opportunity to speak to a lot of sales teams at Dell. I would say, imagine if the 120,000 employees were always where they were supposed to be when they said they were going to be there, uh, which is incumbent upon the leaders to be there as well, right? To, 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 to be there on time, to get there in preparation so that when the clock strikes, you're out there because the team expected you to be there. And so when you see people filtering, filtering in later, well, they're going to miss something. Now, life happens, right? Uh, family emergencies happen big deals come out of nowhere, right? But if we prioritize trying to, to, to stay on schedule, uh, we're not perfect, certainly. Uh, but it just the efficiencies that you gain and the, the trust that it builds that, that he said he would be here. He said the meeting would start at nine o'clock. The meeting will start at nine o'clock. And then you know you, that people can count on you and you can count, you can count on them. And it just saves imagine extrapolate the time and money uh, and worry that it spares people uh, over time it makes me think of the quote of trust is lost in buckets but gained back in drops yeah yeah and yeah. and the whole principle around that in that the people if you and it sounds so simple but yeah life happens and people are unpredictable so what are some things that you can recommend to people 
because I, I do believe that people come with the best intentions on being on time. We joke in my family, um, the Kyles, like we literally plan um, family events. We'll say that they're at 1.30, whatever they actually start, like at like uh, 12 is, or whatever. So because they're always late, Fergus, 3.30, whatever, um, because that we know that they'll eventually show up. And the thing is, is I joke that it's a generational habit. Uh, my dad is one of six, and so I always think of just wrangling of them all together. But what are some things that people can do? Because, yeah, we love being with the people. An example here. This is a background I usually don't use. Um, well, it's my background because it's my office. And I usually don't I usually don't record in my office, but I just left a client meeting. I, I, I had a 30 minute gap with but it's still important for me to be on time. It's a pet freaking peeve of mine. I'm sorry, it is. It's just a pet peeve of mine. And so I'm going to do my damnedest to always be on time. Um, but the conversations at the end, it's like sometimes my people pleasing, it's like, I can't, I can't shut down my client because they're paying. So I got to go to the next one. So how do people know or how can they like create gaps in their schedules or how can they be more effective and efficient? To still have the humidity into it, but still freaking be there. Like, get there. Yeah, be present in the moment, all the cliches we talk about. Yeah. Uh, I think part of that's setting expectations, right? That that if you arrive on time for a meeting, if it's a, whether it's the first meeting or consistently with your team or people that you end up dealing with on a regular basis, and you set the tone when you come in, hey, man, I am so happy to see you. This is fabulous. Uh, these Those aren't platitudes. But that you are there and you say, I'm, I'm going to have to leave at X time because I have another meeting today. Right. Now, again, life happens. If some You reach a crisis and then, then your priorities have changed. You've got to be able to communicate that in the moment to the group that's expecting you to be somewhere else. I am not going to make it right. And with, depending on your level, if you've got an assistant, fabulous. Right. Hey, Robert's going to be late. Uh, if it's on you, take the few seconds and text it out. Uh, this critical sort of integration that, that you want people to count on you. You want to be there uh, when they need you. And if, it, if you said it was important, then, then you will be there. And your, your presence uh, demonstrates how important you think things are. And to my point earlier, when life happens and something out prioritizes that, that's got to be communicated to everybody else. Am I perfect at it? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely not. But uh, spending that time and knowing what you've got the, the amount of time that you have with, with that individual or that team for that for that meeting or that event means that I need to make this count. What I'm talking about, what I'm what I'm what we're discussing needs to be something of importance, right? And not, you know, meandering and not focused and was I prepared for the meeting, right? So that I came prepared to deliver uh, a concise uh, but comprehensive message. Hopefully leave with the decision you want or at least understand what the boss wanted if you were on time for the boss and then you just get better at it. And what that does, I think it creates a virtuous cycle uh, for other teams and more importantly uh, for the individuals who now have more time. They know if the boss is having a meeting, we're going to start on time and end on time. Right. And then I know I can go home to my family, uh, my friends and spend that. And it, it's something you can count on. I mean, again, back to the military. Uh, somebody's expecting to be, me to be on their left flank. Right? They expect that I will be there covering that or that my, my team or unit will be doing that, that we have to be there and we have to be there on time. 
and, and laugh a little bit uh, in sort of the administrative pieces, you know, that going to have a going to have formation. The general's going to formation at uh, 0600. Well, the colonel says, look, I need everybody there at 0555. The captain says, well, I need everybody there at 0, 0545. And then the sergeants go, look, I know what they all said. You need to be here at 530. All of a sudden, everybody's, you know, you're stacking it all up. You certainly want to build in a buffer. Sometimes that runs, uh, runs a little skew. Everybody gets on Lombardi time. They're all 15 minutes early. Oh, I love it. That's hilarious, though. But I love it to the point that you talked about communication or about expectations, because what we I argue a lot of the time is that people say like the biggest problem that people have or for conflict is communication. And what I say instead, it's it's clear expectations, because I expected you to be here and, <laughs> and you weren't. Um, and so. What is something that you have found, or is there a time that you have been where your team showed up and was more effective and efficient because, and this is, this is like, I'm assuming this is every time, but like, what was the cost if they hadn't, if that makes sense? I think probably the story that, story that best comes to mind. Uh, and it, it's going to take a little beer here. It was uh, it was Memorial Day in 2003, and we had uh, my my organization, my cavalry squadron, was the only only unit at the time. But one other unit had joined us, sister unit. I'm sorry, uh, at Al Assad, and uh, it was Memorial Day. We're in Iraq. We're in the deserts of Western uh, Iraq, and uh, we we're going to take just a few minutes uh, to recognize Memorial Day. Have a squadron formation, right? The, they still had to be protected. The region had to be protected. We were going to do a flyover. Right? I was the boss. We could do those things. And we got ready. And um, and so while everybody was spinning, the, the, the three aircraft that were going to spin up there uh, and fly, do a flyby of, a, of the squadron formation, uh, the radio crackled a lot. My driver pulled up and said, hey, there's been an ambush. And uh, uh, our sister squadron, our sports squadron, had been hit uh, in a roadside ambush uh, uh, just north of the base at Al Assad, and uh, the weather was terrible. Uh, and and as these aircraft were literally spinning up for the the flyby, what would have been a ceremonial flyby, and, it, and what would have been terrible. I mean, we could have just pulled it off on the airfield. They weren't flying more than about a quarter mile. They could see from where they were going. But a, a sandstorm and, a, and low cloud cover had sort of obscured visibility. And um, called down to him and I said, and I didn't know everybody at the time, we'd been command two months, I knew their names, not their not their call signs. And uh, I said, hey, listen, came on, this is Long Knife 6. Uh, we have an ambush and I passed the grid coordinate. And they need immediate assistance. I said, I don't need your call signs. I need you to respond by name if you're willing to depart. Still remember, immediately, radio crackled again and said, CW2, Matt Dorgan, ready for immediate departure. I cleared him, said, stay safe, go help. And I rushed down to another aircraft. Now, we were ready on time for a ceremony, but we're also ready for when somebody needed us. Wasn't even what we were expecting, what we were even planning. But because we were ready for something else, uh, they were able to respond. So when I think about uh, being where you're supposed to be, you just provide your team options. Um, people know they can count on you. 
Mm-hmm. And so uh, that's why that kind of stuff is important to me. So when I would start staff meetings, you know, you have a staff meeting every day and at least for the, uh, the first portion of our deployment, we would start and end on time. Those leaders need to get back to their soldiers. Uh, managers need to get back to their teams uh, in business. So um, having having demonstrations, customer demonstrations ready to go um, and being capable function check so that it's going to work the way it's going to work or that your aircraft is going to be ready or your air crews are going to be ready when they're ready just creates a, a virtuous virtuous cycle. I love that. And the things, oh, thank you for sharing, first off. But the, the first thing that just comes to my mind is that you didn't do that just to be busy. You did it for purpose. And how many people are too busy being busy that they can't even be present <laughs> to be on time, to be ready for this action? You know, it's, it's so powerful to not just go to a meeting or to be where you're at just to be there. Like there's usually a purpose or there's something that that's connected with it. And I, I see this in meetings, like, I don't know, example, yesterday I was in a, in a board meeting. Um, and I think this also pours back to, you got to know who you are, what's important to you and your core values, like even as a team, but I help on a board and they're like, we're going to start meeting bi-weekly. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> but in, in at first, it was like everybody looked at me like, you're not a team player on this. But my thing is, is I can't be there. My energy plus the time that it takes plus my spouse is away for about three months. So I'm single mom status. You got to know and you got to be ready and you got to have the energy to be on time as well. So I love to talk to you about that for a minute, about being on time is just more than just being on time. It's being on time and also being ready and having the energy and the capacity. What are some things that you would invite people to learn or just grab onto? If you could tell, just give any little bit of advice about this, how can they have the energy, not just to be there, but to, to, to be there and have the capacity to learn or listen or act. Yeah, I think that probably goes back to the cliche of the Boy Scout motto, be prepared, right? You talk about that. If you just, uh, if you just show up, you're probably going to be, you know, we use the analogy in the old days, flying the aircraft from the tail rotor. Right? I'm not really up in the cockpit. I'm holding, I'm holding on, you know, and it's pulling me and I'm, I'm clawing my way back to, to really catch up where I need to be. And so part of being on time and, and really being on time is an allegory for life in terms of uh, being prepared. And have I put in the hours uh, to be ready for what's expected? When I show up at the staff meeting, uh, do I have whatever's required ready to go? Look, I, I still mess this up. If I, if I come across as being perfect or having uh, having mastered this, that's that's not, not the case at all. But it's about uh, prioritization and, and preparation. Back to being present in the moment. Am I doing three things and sort of looking up as somebody's talking to me and multitasking? Um, or am I really focused on the conversation that I have going on or what's in the meeting, uh, particularly in person? You know, technology allows us to do, you know, multitask, right? If we're not on the camera, you can do things, you know, you can put jelly on your toast and drink a protein shake and nobody really knows. But am I prepared mentally 
for what I need to be either a presenting or be uh, taking in to make me better at what I'm doing. Right. Is the, is the meeting focused, right? Did I, did, as a leader, did I prepare the meeting so that everybody showed up on time? And if I covered the topics in the meeting in a timely manner, without soliloquizing and, and monopolizing the time to give them time to ask questions. Because, you know, if you finish the meeting and you talk for the whole hour, everybody's looking around and going, I got questions, but he just left and I got another meeting to go to. So part of that, you know, being on time is being prepared, uh, which gets you to being on time. Mm. It's so important too. It uh, makes me think of a few things that I'm a big proponent of is that people say you, you can multitask, but you cannot multifocus. Um, you only can do one thing at a time and um, with, within your brain. Uh, it's called task switching for all the nerds out there. But the preparation, and um, I talk about this a lot too, is I suck at patience. So I've had to reframe it that I'm working my weight. And in that time, like even before meetings, you know, working that way, even if it's saying hey to people, if it's if it is um, finding ways to connect with one another, how can I help? How can I? Sometimes I think people are so much again going back. They're so busy. They're so much in a rush that they can't even work the weight because it's they can't stand the weight. <laughs> and so. Talk to me for a few minutes about patience. What is patience? Is that, is, is that impacted you? I've, I've yet to not find somebody who has not, but um, how is patience, even with your team, with the expectations that you have, and just going forward, how, how has that impacted you? Yeah, so a couple of things. I think it's a it's a huge challenge for me, patience and pride, quite frankly. You know, I, I think I want to want to tell everybody I've got the answer. I don't need you to keep talking. I want to be able to give you the answer. Uh, so if you'll, if you'll be quiet, I can answer this question. The um, uh, so, you know, for me, it, it's about uh, listening, right, first off, and uh, balancing this thing about keeping on a time schedule, right? Have I, have I planned the meeting for the right length to be respectful of everybody's time and in terms of giving them time in the meeting uh, to express their concerns uh, over, over particular issues or presentations? And at the same time, when do you need to make the, the decision is made and it's time to move on? Right. So you, you don't want to shut down debate. You want to be able to, to, whether it's in the military or in the business world, you absolutely get great feedback from your teams and the teamwork. And at the same time, at some point, I w it's not necessarily a lack of patience as much as it's OK, we've got to make a decision. I don't have a 100 percent plan. That's true again in, in the military and it's true in business. I've got 85 percent and we're going to move forward. I, we're gonna, I'm going to have to I'm going to have to stop debate here. The trick is not to monopolize the debate. Right. In terms of listening to all those viewpoints uh, that go on. And, 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 you know, all of us, I used to say in the military and, and Adele, uh, all of us are smarter than any one of us. Right. And so there's so much collective knowledge and, and uh, intelligence available to us. Uh, the, the challenge is bringing it all together. And you're probably never going to get the 100 percent solution. But don't let perfect be the enemy of good enough. The old you know, cliche. And, and move forward from here. So in terms of patience, it's determining, is your team ready? Is that individual, did they come forward prepared? And if they're not prepared, then you need to say, hey, I need to move to somebody else who's ready, you know, for the discussion and at the level so that we can contribute and move out. I'm not, I'm not talking about pigeonholing people or pushing them down, uh, but, but giving them the opportunity 
uh, to be heard. And then once you've heard that, then as a leader, be able to make a decision and make it on time. Oh, I love that. that. So that makes me think of this question. What are some practical steps that people can do to help their team, help their team be on time, but also themselves be on time more effectively and efficiently? Yeah, I think it, at a macro scope, at a high level, it's first off, make sure the team understands uh, your philosophy and the organization's focus. Right? What, why are we here? What is it we're really doing? Uh, you know, companies have visions, uh, purposes, you know, you sort of funnel that down into, into where they're going. And then what is, how does your team, your organization fit into that vision and purpose? And are we contributing to forwarding that uh, vision and purpose? Uh, again, in the military, you know, you talk about uh, service to the country, loyalty to your, your brothers and sisters in arms. It's really easy to keep people, I think, inspired. Uh, and if they're not inspired, they're they're not at will workers, right? As an as an officer, your your words have the force of law, right? So if you say left and it's not illegal, immoral, or unethical, they have to go left. Uh, there needs to be a reason for that. So in terms of uh, helping teams be prepared and understand that is a set the example, right? Because these are just you know I, this, there's nothing new here for me. It's uh, be who you're supposed to be. You're not going to be perfect, right? None of us are. Certainly not me. I'm chief among sinners. Um, but how do how do we uh, how do you set the example, and then when you mess up, back to the pride issue or uh, you know patience, admit your failures, uh, or that you've let the team you've let the team down, uh, and then you've got to be more ready next time. Right back to the you know it only takes one off shucks uh, to wipe out a hundred attaboys. Talking about trust you mentioned earlier, so I think uh, ensuring your team is prepared. So you ask about how do you how do you help them. It's that when you need help, ask. Right? If you're, you know, your boss is asking you to do something that you don't understand, go back and ask. Hey, look, I, here's what I understood the requirement to be, but that doesn't mesh with the way I'm comprehending what you've told me. Um, you know, if, they, if you're in the vocation you're supposed to be in, you're never going to know everything, but you're going to be aligned, right? If you find yourself lost most of the time, then, then maybe you should be doing something different. Maybe maybe you're not not in the right vocation, but we don't be afraid to ask questions either. Uh, in terms of making sure that's going to help you be prepared and that's going to help you be on time and that's going to help the organization accomplish the tasks set before us. Oh, that's so good. And that actually makes me think of a conversation I had earlier today. Um, and she said about that the older we get, the less questions we typically ask. And the less questions we ask, the less curious we are. And then we get to this point of lonely or un, um, and we're at the end basically, and this hopelessness that comes from it. And so I guess that's the thing that I hear too, is the questions are the best thing, like having the curiosity and they don't even have to be the right ones. Everybody's like, ask the right no, no, it's yes, there are dumb questions. There, frankly, there are dumb questions. Um, but you still need to ask if it's something that you're not trying to be funny or whatever with, or, or poke at somebody, ask a freaking question. Um, and then it also makes me reflect again, just back on like me, how, how do I personally work with my team? Um, and it's once you said, like, I got to be there. I found myself consistently being like two minutes late because I had back to back to back to back to back meetings. And I was talking with my teammates openly about it, like how frustrated I was with myself. 
And then one of them said, yeah, I, I am finding myself consistently wanting to, to be late because I know that you're late. I was like, ooh, ha ha. <laughs> okay, let's change this. So I did. And then the other thing is, is for me, uh, people say that millennials are tech savvy. No, we're tech dependent. Um, I literally started using a calendar app to put space in between my meetings because sometimes I forget it or I'm such a people pleaser. I'll be like, oh, I'll try to fit it in. No, no, I can't. Like, you can't trust, always trust your feelings. Like, you got to know, like, you got to get from point A to point B. So I so appreciate you for this. I know that we're at the end of our time. So two-part final question. First part, people are apologizing for having their team be where they're supposed to be on time. <laughs> like, they're, they may see, are starting to get very strict on it and they're getting some kickback. What would you tell them? It's really about it's really about making the team better and hopefully the individuals better, right? Um, because um, if you enforce that uh, appropriately, and I mean that in the best sense of the word, that, that, that uh, I want the best, I want the best you. Uh, and if you're running around all the time and showing up late, you're going to miss something. The team's going to miss something. And it's the old old adage again. I mean, a bunch of cliches I use for one of a nail, the horse was lost. For one of a excuse me, the shoe was lost. For one of the shoe, the horse was lost. And for one of the, the horse, the messenger was lost. And for one of the messenger, the battle was lost. And for one of the, the battle, the war was lost, right? And so in terms of, well, if we could just start with being on time, you know, if you're ready, prepared, and can show up and be where you're supposed to be, I don't know if it's half the battle or two thirds of the battle or a third of the battle, but uh, you've at least set in motion uh, the criteria uh, that, will, that you're where you're supposed to be. And then in this matrix of, of life or combat or business, uh, if your team members and your and your boss and the people that work for you uh, can count on you, then we're in a we're in a whole lot better position to be successful than if we're wondering who's going to be late and if that ripple effect follows through. Oh, I want to tell you, what about you're making me smile too because one of my favorite humans, um, I, she was one of my mentors, and she used cliches that I've never heard before. Um, and you're using something I've never heard before. And so probably because they're old. Probably because they're really, really old. <laughs> I'm not saying that, maybe. Um, but I'm gonna have to write these down because I love them. They just make my heart so happy. Um, so second part of that final question is: People love what you're saying. They love your cute cliches as well. Um, how can they reach out to you? What can they do to learn more about you? Or also the services that you do offer. Yeah, sure. So first off, let me let me say thanks again. I probably should have started. I know I said thanks, but this is a, uh, for the opportunity to be here today and just sort of have this discussion. And we and um, uh, people always and uh, you said thank you for my service. It was my honor and pleasure to have known them. Um, so I, I enjoy this this kind of banter. I don't know that I've, I've you know, sort of said anything that anybody will remember. But if you if you need to get in touch with me. Uh, my email is, uh, you use my business email is probably the easiest. It's just Robert at uh, bookabove.com. I work at Above Vacation Residences. And so our, our suffix on the uh, email is bookabove.com. So it's just my first name. Uh, you can get me that way. Uh, drop me an email. Um, happy to happy to uh, uh, discuss with you if you got questions, uh, anything like that. It's a, I've enjoyed this opportunity and engagement. Emily, I appreciate the friendship and the opportunity to be here today. Likewise. And thank you for all that. We'll listen in later. Um, this is such an amazing conversation. I've gotten so many 
just gleams of wisdom too. And this, and again, if what people wonder why I do this, this is it. It's, it is the amazingness. I always say is that I never want somebody's story not to be told that could impact generations to come. And I think what you're talking about right now will impact not just now, but seven generations to come. And I know your humility meter is like, uh, nah, but it's true. Um, because it, it's so real. And, and it's, Thing, like you said, you may say it's old cliches, but it's things I've never heard, but it's things that really just like, yeah, that resonates. So um, I appreciate you so much. I appreciate for the audience for listening in. I hope you have an amazing and blessed day. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Unapologetically Bold. I'm not sorry for if this touched you in any way, please like and subscribe and share with your friends as we continue the message of being unapologetically bold by being hot humans who are humble, open, and transparent. See you next time.